Welcome to 30 Minutes with Carrie and Karen. Hello, welcome back to 30 Minutes. Sorry we weren't around last week. Something came up for Karen and it didn't really feel right to do this by myself, but we're super excited to be back. And today, Karen and I are sitting down and chatting about job searching. But before we get into it, Karen, it is time for the the tea game. <laughs> so we're actually changing up this game slightly where Karen will be the one picking the tea and we'll both have to guess what it is. So are you ready, Karen? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm pick, ready. Pick the tea. It's all you. Going <laughs> to pick just like the tea leaf one. Okay. Okay, let's try it. Okay. Cheers! It tastes minty. It's like a black tea with mint or something. Yeah. I don't know, I'm not crazy about it. Okay, so it is a... Oh, it's an organic David's breakfast blend. Oh. Hmm. Okay. Which do you like most? I think this is like the most normal tasting or close to normal yeah. tasting. The other ones were a little too adventurous for me. Mm-hmm. I agree, I agree. So, I have some super exciting news to share. And that is, Carrie has a new job! Woohoo! Woohoo! Congratulations. Thank you. So, did you want to tell everybody what this new job is of yours? Yeah, so yes, I got a new job. I'm really excited. It's for a new marketing role at an architecture firm in Vancouver. And I start in July and I'm super stoked if I didn't make that clear before. (laughs) Um, But also because it's been like a really long search. And I've honestly just learned a lot over like the past few months with applications and interviews. And I know it is like a really rough search for a lot of people and and not just myself. So I guess I just wanted to take a moment to share my experiences, my thoughts, and things that I've learned that could maybe help other people with their job search and and just share my insights with everyone. But before we get into it, Karen, how how has your job search been? (laughs) Um... I think I'm just, I'm, I'm really casual about it right now. Like, it's kind of like, oh, if it doesn't work, it's okay. And I just kind of wait for another one. Yeah, I know it's been really rough for everyone. Like, I personally was applying and interviewing for months. Um, and I know the pandemic just made it even more difficult for, for everyone. And, you know, not only were there a lot less jobs in the market, but also a lot more competition, right? Like, job seeking has always been challenging, but Now you're not only competing with a new wave of fresh graduates or people who are changing industries or jobs, but now you also have like a large amount of experienced people who got laid off. Yes, so if you aren't hearing back, please, please, please don't be discouraged. I think it really is a matter of time. And I think for me to have kept like a mostly optimistic attitude throughout this time was because I felt really confident in what I had to give. I think I alluded to this in a previous episode, but, you know, I I knew what I was capable of. I knew I had a lot to to give and and contribute. 
And for me, it was really just a matter of time. And I think you really need to have a strong mindset in order to be able to to find something for yourself. So yeah, don't be discouraged. Karen, let's talk a little bit about what we have learned that works and can maybe help help other people. I know for the both of us, we have been in a position where we've hired and trained people before. And I've personally worked with some amazing recruiters in the past who have had great advice and sit you down and walk you through what to prepare yourself for. And then just other things that I know like we've both probably picked up on over the last couple of years as well. Maybe we can start off talking about applications, including your resumes, cover letters, and just making sure it's catered for the role that you're applying for. I know for me, like, it's really easy to apply to a bunch of jobs with the same resume. It's easy, right? It it saves you time. But I think that's the mistake a lot of people make is they're not really answering or addressing the specific tasks or responsibilities or the vision that the company or the, the role is looking for. And especially if these companies use like an automated process where they look for keywords or whatever, your resume might just get automatically filtered out. Yeah. yeah. So it is, you know, just a sense. And, and, you know, like I think employers would appreciate knowing that, oh, like you do have the specific work experience that is related to what they're looking for. I know it can be really exhausting, of course, so do you take a break, take a breather, revisit your application at a later time to see how you can improve it. I think another thing that a lot of people overlook is just mistakes that that we make on our cover letters or resume, and I can't begin to tell you how easy it is to make a typo or make a grammatical error or you forget a word. Um, especially when it's all in your head, like you know what you're trying to say, but when you like when someone else reads it, they might catch on to something that that you thought you wrote correctly. So I always read my own cover letter out loud, but I'll read it like three times because I've learned, you know, that I, I have made those mistakes. Yeah, I, I think another piece of advice is just I, I don't want to say it's a competition, but it really is you know, in terms of just thinking about what would set you apart from other people. Like I know in marketing, having a portfolio really helps. So consider doing something like that. Um, Just like showcasing your work and present it in like a slightly different format that, you know, still makes sense, but that might be more eye-catching or sets you apart from someone else. Um, And like, just really understand what the company that you're applying for values. Mm -hmm. Like if they're looking for, you know, someone who is very passionate about their mission, you can include certain things in your cover letter that relate to that, right? Like they're not really looking for someone who lists out the tasks that you've done at your previous job. Like, you know, everyone has done a bit of admin or picking up the phone, but it's more so like what accomplishments have you made? doing those tasks and which will like translate how you can help them with the accomplishments that you do have. If you find that you are missing skills, learn them. Don't let that deter you from applying to a role. 
can always mention in your application that you are in the process of doing a course or completing a certification. And I think employers generally really appreciate knowing that you are taking initiative to improve yourself. And that it also shows that you are a self-starter and you're really enthusiastic about learning new skills. And it just shows that you're being proactive and that you are genuinely interested in professional development and doing well for not only yourself, but potentially for the company as well. So there are just so many resources online now, you know, in this day and age that can also help with learning new skills. Karen, do you have anything else to add for applications that you've learned about? It's good to have a one-page resume. You know, don't go over a page because you're probably listing things that it's excessive or, you know, you're not hitting like the key points, the keywords. And so I think as, you know, as someone who was in the hiring process, I did find myself skipping all the resumes that were like two, three, four, five pages, because I just felt like, you know, honestly, I'm not going to spend, you know, like my whole day here flipping through your resume. Like, you know, obviously it is different for, let's say like a research position where, you know, maybe you you have like 10 or 20 publications and they were all relevant and you do want to list all of that. And so maybe your resume is like two to three pages long. But I think in general, like if you're looking maybe entry level or mid-level positions, keep in mind that you should be limiting your resume to like the one page, all the relevant information that you want to include. And, you know, like maybe if you have let's say your own website or portfolio, like you can throw that in there as well. So that if the recruiter or the employer who's looking at your application does find you very interesting, they can just, you know, do a quick search and then find everything else about you or find other things about you, you know? Yeah, I recall back when I worked in admin and I helped with the hiring process as well and and screening um, applications and resumes. I think length was a big deal and and it is still now, right? Like you are correct in the sense that we don't have time to look like we're barely skimming. And even when we're skimming, we're looking for certain things. And if it if if the application doesn't have that, we just move on to the next, right? right. Like it's, it's nothing personal. It's really just like, you know, hiring managers are really busy people and it's you and like maybe 50 other people. And I think in terms of length, like, yeah, I guess it kind of depends on the role, but I know by default, most people prefer the one page, despite however much experience that you've gathered or different roles. Like if you've had a lot of roles, maybe focus on the last, like on the most recent ones that are the most relevant to this. And, and if you've done like, you know, 20 different tasks at the firm or company, try to summarize them or focus on like four or five things per role rather than like more than that and only focus on relevant key points. Okay, so let's talk about interviews. So I know first impressions are really, really important. I cannot stress that enough. When you show up to a job interview, please show up like you care. (laughs) I've had, I've done so many job interviews with people where I'm honestly really shocked because I feel like growing up we've always been told you know dress nice like dress up you're better off being overdressed than underdressed and it shows your intention it shows that you're serious and even if the work culture is more casual you still want to show up in something a little better looking 
So I think when I did do interviews, I was quite surprised by the amount of people who just really casually. And I think it really only took like a few people to really stand out to me because they showed up in a suit and they were like well-groomed and that really stood out to me compared to the rest. It was like suddenly, wow, your resumes don't even matter because I almost feel like you're not serious enough to to want this job because you couldn't be bothered to look good. And I think especially now, you know, with with video calls these days for for your interviews, I find that um, you know, you still want to dress up for those interviews over video calls. Another thing that is really important as a first impression is just being punctual. And by punctuality, I don't mean like showing up on the dot. It means like showing up maybe five or 10 minutes in advance. And like I said, it just shows that you're serious and that you've timed ahead and that you're like respecting their time as well. I know like, I think something that really bothered me as well as other employers I've, I've heard is just like showing up way too early as well, because now they feel pressured that they have to see you sooner or, or that like maybe you didn't manage your time well properly. So I think even if you show up to a building early, just wait in your car or outside, check out the place rather than show up at the front desk mm-hmm. and, you know, like be too early. And again, I think with video calls, I think it's better to test everything out early as well. Like I think especially with this transition to video interviews, you never know what technical difficulties there might be. And so I've developed this habit of just like popping in maybe 15 minutes early just to make sure the link work, um, that I have my audio equipment, my webcam working. And then if it's not working, at least I have some time to fix them. Yeah. Do you have anything to add, Karen? Um, you know, Carrie, you mentioned like the first impressions really do matter and you really do want to show up like you care about the job or like you care about this role enough how you would if you were, you know, going to your first day on the job kind of, you know, I think just to kind of set that impression there when I was applying for Air Canada Um, There are quite a few like forums and videos on the internet that talk about how to prepare for like your flight attendant interview, you know, and I think a very common um, recommendation that I researched and found was that you should show up in, you know, like a a shirt and a blazer and let's say black pants or like a, a black skirt and then heels because that's kind of what you would dress like when you're actually on the job, like as a flight attendant, you know, as cabin crew, that's kind of your uniform. And so like, let's say if you're applying for a position where there is a uniform standard or something similar, I think it would be good to show up for your interview in that way so that the employer can see you and say, oh, you actually fit the job description. You know, you fit that aesthetic that we're looking for. That is... Wonderful. Just your additional note about knowing that you fit in with that aesthetic. Like you don't have to worry like, oh, like, will you be able to dress properly or like meet the grooming standard? Like you're literally there proving it to them, which I think is also really important. And that can go for any job, like especially for an office job. Like if you're at the front desk or even as like in any sort of position at an office, like you want to show up like you are there like as, as any sort of like colleague, I would say. So I do want to move on to talking about 
research. I think it's just so important to do your research and prepare questions ahead of time. Employers really love questions. And I think because it shows that you are being thoughtful, especially when you're asking questions that aren't already answered on the website, like it shows that you are thinking ahead or that you're genuinely interested in the role or in the company. And, you know, what I mean by this is, for instance, don't ask what the company's mission is if it's already mentioned on their About Us page on the website. And I think it's also doing your due diligence and asking thoughtful questions about the hiring managers or the people who are who are interviewing you because they are people too and they are also here to form a connection with you. So if you're asking about them in a way where they feel they can connect with you, by all means. You know, let's say when they go like, oh, you know, do you have any questions for us? You know, you don't want to be asking about like the benefits that they offer, or, like compensation or like sick time. Other questions that you could include is like, if there are any like volunteer opportunities or like, you know, I know Carrie, you you really are interested. You've been a, a part of like the diversity committee. And, you know, I think it's really good to ask the company, like if they do participate in these extracurricular activities that, you know, you could also show interest in and want to be a part of just just to show in general that you are committed and value what the company does. Yeah. Yeah, I think ultimately, like the question or questioning process, it really is an interview for you as much as it is for the employer. You know, like, yes, they're asking you a series of questions, but you can ask them all about the same things. You know, if they are asking you, you know, how do you deal with a conflict? You can easily ask them, well, how do you support someone dealing with that conflict? Right. And and I think for you, like it is a chance to understand their culture, um, how support looks like. Do they micromanage? Like there's there are so many questions to ask, but it's up to you to figure out what do you want the culture to look like? What do you want the role to look like? Are there certain professional development opportunities for you? And it's up to you to find all that out during the interview process. Um, I think, as Karen kind of alluded to, you know, salary expectations. Yeah, like do your research online, talk to peers. But I think it's really, you know, I, I think the old adage was kind of like, don't ask about the salary unless they ask you first. And it is still very true to this day that you should not ask about the salary until they bring it up. Because, and I know it sounds a little bit silly, but you don't want them to think that you're only here for the money. Like they want you to be passionate about the role and the company. And I think as someone who would be on the hiring side of things, I I could also very much appreciate that. But, you know, you can always do your research ahead of time. And if the question does come up, you can ask the employer what their range is um, and, and go from there. Okay, let's move on to talking about the actual interview. Mm-hmm. I know it's easier said than done. <laughs> Because I've I've been in this position many times before, but don't be nervous. Or I guess you can try channeling that nervous energy into excitement. And I'll be really honest, like I think doing this podcast, maybe people think, oh, you're so extroverted. And I think even when I do meet people, like I'm I'm just like a chatterbox sometimes, or I I get really social. I feel I'm like an ambivert, you know, sort of like a mix of introverted and extroverted. 
but I used to be so nervous with interviews. Like I would freeze up, like completely tense up. I'm like sweating. I'm like just rambling and I'm like out of breath, you know? Um, so I, I used to be really, really nervous, but I think over time as I've, you know, gone through some some of my own personal development, I've also learned to see interviews as an opportunity to learn more about the company, learn more about the role and the people you might potentially be working with. And just like chatting, you know, treat it as like an any kind of conversation you would have with a friend, honestly, and just feel the vibe, talk about your passions, talk about things that that make you happy about a job, because your your mood will also lighten up. And, and I think people can really see your passion based on how you are talking about things. There's a lot that can be done if you work on changing your mindset, but you really do need to like change that perception of yourself. It's not like, it's not really going into an interview thinking, oh, are, are they going to like me or are they not going to like me? But it's more so you kind of have to go in thinking like, am I going to like them? You know, like it really is a two-way street. And I think that's one of the ways you can overcome or at least mitigate some of that nervousness feeling. And just, like I said, channeling that energy into something more positive. Yeah, what, what about for you, Karen? I think what I wanted to kind of talk about is um, just group interviews because, you know, for my last interview, it was, I think, like a three or four step process. I don't, I don't remember now because it's been a while, but I think something that really stood out for me was the group interview. It's more common now than it was in the past. And so I think it's really interesting to point out like how to handle the interview when you do have it in a group setting, because you obviously don't want to come off as someone who just wants to outshine everyone else in the group, you know, like you want to be mindful that there are other people here and maybe they are better than you. And, and, you know, I think like sometimes you get caught up in that, like, oh, I have to fight for like the best one or like the most dominant one in the group. And sometimes it's good to keep in mind that maybe for that specific company, maybe they do value like a team setting or they value um, people that are able to work with each other. And so it is important to also show like, even if you do have a very dominant personality and you do like to take the lead and take the initiative for a lot of things, you need to be able to show that you are also like a team player. And so maybe, for example, if in the group you see someone who speaks up very, not, not very often, um, but it seems like they do have some good ideas, maybe you can like prompt them or like, oh, you know, I haven't heard from you. Like, I think that also shows that you can lead in a different kind of way, you know. And when I did do my um, Air Canada interview, is here's a piece of paper to write your name and something, you know, just like a pen and paper. And like, I, I remember how like four or five people would stand up to like grab the paper from the person and then start like trying to hand it out to everyone else, you know, just to like show that they want to share or. Yeah, I know. That's so funny. And it's interesting you bring that up, Karen, because I don't think I've really, I've done a group interview once before, but I didn't even really know how to approach it. But I can imagine people wanting to, you know, take initiative and show that they're a leader. But employers might not always be looking for a leader. Like maybe they're looking for more for someone who is a team player, someone who is fair and caring for others and 
it is really difficult to find people who like genuinely care and they're just not like self-interested. So that's a good thing to keep in mind. Just remember that if, if they called you in for an interview, that means they already like you for, for your qualifications. Like it, 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 sh- it means that you meet what they are looking for on paper. So I think this is like the opportunity where you can really show your personality, show how you would be a cultural fit, how you would be a team player, um, how you can really utilize your skills to help take the company to the next level. And just focus on showing them who your best self is and focus on being happy in the interview, energetic, showing excitement and passion. And always ask about the next steps and and the timeline in terms of their hiring process. So, you know, after the interview, I think something that is super important is just to send them a thank you email. Um, And, you know, you can include highlights of the conversation that you had with the employer or the recruiter or, you know, whoever you did the interview with. Say it in such a way that it would leave a lasting impression on them as well. Um, You can include any additional questions that you do have. So that's immediately after the interview. I think like the thank you email is very important. Um, And then maybe, you know, you'll hear back. If not, follow up. Maybe I would say a fair timeline is a week. And, you know, if you don't hear anything back from them, then, then maybe it's kind of safe to say that they've moved on and be prepared to find something else. And, take that time like rather than having like this negative energy and saying like oh I wasn't fit for the job or like oh they like just hated me so much and then just like go down this like tunnel of like why you didn't make the cut I think it is really good to take that time to reflect like oh what part of the interview do you recall where you know I didn't do so well or like was I not prepared enough like I think it is really good to spend time on improving yourself rather than you know thinking why how do you feel Carrie (laughs) Well, you know me, I don't really get nervous during the interview anymore. I get nervous afterwards (laughs) because I'm always reflecting like, oh, I should have said that or, oh, I should have elaborated on this more or, oh, maybe I overshared, you know, and and so I think taking some time to reflect after the interview is really, really important. Mm -hmm. Make, Make some notes, you know, document your conversations. Sometimes really interesting questions come up and you might not know how to answer it this time but you know how to answer it next time. Or maybe you find that you have a new question that is something you can take to your next interview as well. So I, I feel it's really important to just keep like a running list of, of the experiences that you've had and just keep documentation. Um, and it really helps you with mm-hmm. your future interviews. But yeah, I think aside from that, you know, keep your head high and move on and, and just focus on finding something better. So I kind of want to talk about, you know, how can we show support for other people who are also job searching? Um, I find something that means so much to me is when other people are looking out for me and when they see something on LinkedIn or other social sites or hear from a friend or even during their own job search and they think of me and, and they'll send me a job posting. And it's just like so nice and encouraging to know that they are looking out for me and I would be happy to pay it forward and do this for other people too. And I always tell people who are job searching, like, 
like I asked them, oh, what is it that you're looking for? Like, what is your experience like? I'm happy to keep an eye out. And I think they really appreciate that as well. I think another thing is just like networking and maintaining connections are so important. And I think that really proved itself after I started working in this um, architecture, engineering, construction industry, because it's all about relationship development and maintenance. And yeah, like a lot of people that I have met in my last job were really helpful in terms of helping me make a connection or referring me and it just means a lot, but I think it's also up to you to do that as well. I think another way to show support is by not asking too many questions, <laughs> like, have you found a job yet? Or why haven't you found one yet? You know, like, I don't think anyone wants to be in this position where they can't find something. So rather than like asking them over and over, like just, yes, like it's okay to check in, but be prepared to like offer them some words of encouragement or, or kind words. Well, Karen, I'm curious, like, is there any way that I could show you more support with your job search? <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I think you do a good job already. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyways, I, I know like our discussion today was a lot and I know the job hunt can be really really overwhelming and it's honestly quite a discouraging process especially when you get ghosted or you don't hear back or they take forever to get back to you only for you to find out that they gave the role to someone else and you don't get feedback either right but like we said please don't be discouraged try to keep your head high and if you do find that, you know, you're really not in the mood, like maybe take some time to just walk away from applying and take time to focus on doing some self-care activities and maybe changing up your mindset a little bit. But I do want to say, like, I personally have noticed there has been more optimism in the market and I've seen more job opportunities coming up again. So keep your head up and also keep your skills up. Um, learn learn some new things during the time that you do have off. Like with your point about optimism is that I do feel like maybe right now because there aren't as many job opportunities, but that doesn't mean that there's no opportunities for you. You know, I think it's just really important to keep in mind that maybe you just haven't found the right fit, you know? And then we always like to end off with some takeaways. For, you know, for job searching in particular, our takeaways would be just to do your research about the company that you're applying for and just the job in general. Ask questions, you know, not only to impress the employer, but for your own knowledge as well. Um, be yourself. Bring positive energy and excitement to the interview. And I think it's also really important to be honest as well. You know, like take your time to like whether that's for the interview, the thank you email, the follow up email. Like if you have any questions, you do want to be honest about it. You can be thoughtful, you know, take your time. Like it's not a rushed process. You know, if you need a couple minutes to collect your thoughts, do that. Be honest with your job search, you know, and follow up. Yay. So that's it for today's episode. We hope you 
got to learn something new. We, we hope this really helps aid you with your search if you are struggling or maybe some advice you can share with, with some of your other peers or friends who are job searching. So once again, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. And we hope you have a great week ahead and we will see you again next Sunday. See you next Sunday. Bye-bye. Bye. If you listened and enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and share with your friends. Please make sure to also visit us at 30minutes.com. That's 30 as in T-H-I-R-T-E-A minutes.com to check in for more updates, learn how to contact us, and more. We'll see you next Sunday.